Today, I want to talk to you today about becoming you. Becoming you. Now, um, uh, I'm always, my father's a patriot, so I've always been a supporter of the president. And uh, although I disagreed a lot with uh, President uh, Obama on his policies, on, I'm, I'm pro-abortion, I'm pro-life, except, I'm, excuse me, I'm not pro-abortion. He was pro-abortion, I'm pro-life. So I had some disagreements, but one of the great things I liked when President Obama was elected uh, was uh, it was a, I love people of all different colors. And for me, for an opportunity for young black men and young black women and minorities to be able to look at the president and say, I can accomplish anything, I thought that was a great thing. I, I thought it was, um, it was one of those things that, uh, in my mind, at least at the time, put an end to the idea that Americans are racist because it was, it was, I thought it was a good moment because it symbolized that it doesn't matter what color you are, or where you're from, who you are, you can be uh, promoted to the greatest uh, uh, title in the United States. And uh, other than pastor of this church, which is a, bit, a little bit better, but but then uh, uh, then when uh, Donald Trump was elected, of course uh, that was a phenomenon. And I thought, well, his, he's uh, he's seventy years old. And I thought to myself, wait a second, this means that no matter how old you are, you're just beginning your life. How many feel it's true? <laughs> It made me excited. I mean, every time I see him, I think, dang, he looks good, man. I'm feeling, uh, he's a lot older, a lot older than me. <laughs> and he, he's just entering his destiny. He's just entering what he was born to do. I'm thinking some of you are done at 50, and he's just getting started at 70. And everything he passed through, all the money he made, all the business things, all that he did before uh, at that moment, now it was all leading up to his purpose and his destiny. We all thought Donald Trump was the uh, apprentice and billionaire playboy. We thought that was his identity, and now we see that God had another plan. He was supposed to be, he was becoming him, right? And, and he doesn't, I know they're, they're saying they're having uh, prayer meetings at the, at the White House and that Paula White, who's a spiritual Christian, is his pastor. And uh, so... I, I think I'm excited about praying, and I, I think it's a great thing. But one of those things that just impacts me is that here's a guy that doesn't really exactly know what he's doing, but he's becoming who he is at 70 years old. And I want to talk about you becoming you because you were born for something special. You were born to be something special. You were born to do something special. You were born to accomplish something special. My daughter Leah, of course, she's our first baby, is... Isn't it so wonderful? If you were me sitting here listening to your children lead worship and preach, you'd be like, I'm finished with life. I've done my part. Not finished like suicidal, but <laughs> I've done my deal, man. They can do it. I need to go uh, take a vacation. But, uh, but what was I talking about? <laughs> becoming you. Yes, becoming you. So it, it, Leah... Uh, we always told her how beautiful she was. You know, she's our first baby, and so I'm always holding her, you're the most beautiful, you're the most talented, you're the most wonderful, you're the smartest. You know, how many of you do that kissing them, especially your first baby? You're just over, you're pouring it on, like, you know. You, you, and so when she went to school, it was a crisis. She came home and said, Dad, I just realized I'm really not that special. <laughs> you know, she went through the awkward years, you know, the awkward years where you just don't look the part. 
And, and she started comparing herself to everybody else and said, you know, I'm not really special. But how many of you know it's true? She really is special. I mean, you can see today that this is no ordinary individual, but she's anointed by God to do something great. But she went through that time where she, she wasn't quite her yet. And everything that she was living was leading up to that moment. Everything she was experiencing was leading her to the moment she got to come out and be her. I mean, for years, Leah was an introvert. And, and, and really, you know, Evan was just a guy in the church. And they, they, they were in the church like you, good people trying their best, but they were not preachers, teachers, leaders of any way. Neither Becca nor Chris nor any of the guys up here. Todd, Todd is playing that, that keyboard. Come on, somebody. Todd, and Todd's got a lot of hair lately. Have you noticed? Like he's been like going with the hair thing. I was like, Todd, where'd that hair come from, man? Pray for me when you pray. <laughs> I was like, and he's cutting back. I noticed you cut back some. But I'm like you. I would, if I had it, I'd be going for it. <laughs> Grow it while you can because obviously the day is coming <laughs> when there will be no hair growing on the whole surface. I said, go for it. If I was you, I'd have it down in my back. Sometimes, you, you ever be in the, walking in the movie theater and you're standing behind a guy who has a shaved head and you notice he, he has hair, but he shaved it anyway? I get like resentful, like, come on, man. Seriously? <laughs> you got that whole head, but you think you look better? I've got no choice. This is my same hairstyle for the last 20 years. You choosing this, this hairstyle. It's like the way ladies feel when they see some skinny girl on a diet. Like, I won't have any carbs. And you're like, you don't want carbs? You? <laughs> you get mad, secretly mad. Like, I can't believe you. But you're about, whatever, wherever you are, whatever you've done, whatever you've been through, it's not the end because you're still alive. You're at the moment of becoming you, whether you're 70 years old or whether you're 16 years old, everything you're going through is leading up to a moment where God is gonna to reveal to the whole world who you are. There's four people clapping, that's good. God bless them. I think they're all my family members. So... Look at Matthew verse 6, 6. And the Bible says, And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And your father who sees in secret. Say that phrase with me. Sees in secret. Say it again. Sees in secret. You think nobody knows you're making those little dishes and bringing them to people in the hospital. You think nobody knows that you're forgiving people and you're letting people go and you're doing things for people. You don't think anybody sees it when you're making the right choice, when you could be making the wrong choice, but God sees in secret and the God who sees in secret is about to reward you openly. I'm going to read you a familiar story, 1 Samuel 17, 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. This is David speaking to King Saul. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go and fight against this Philistine. You're only an adolescent, and he's been a warrior from his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, 
I went out after it and smote it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and smote it and killed it. This is King James, but it sounds better. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And and Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. This is the defining moment of David's life. He's always had talent. He's always had a heart after God. He's always been faithful. He's always been doing his deal. But he saw life passing him by. But one day something came upon him and it defined him to you and I even four or five, 6,000 years later. 4,000 years, I think. I don't know. Thousands of years later. We think of David, we think of David and Goliath, don't we? I mean, even if you ask the kids, what about David David and Goliath? What did he do? He took a rock, killed a Philistine, the giant, Goliath. And you're like, it defined him. Of all the great things David did, King David did, we go back to this moment that was nobody knew who he was. Suddenly he became him. Suddenly David became synonymous with courage. It became synonymous with victory. He became synonymous with passion for God. He became synonymous for doing something great, for grabbing victory out of the jaws of defeat. When you say David, you say that's a winner. That's how to become a winner. And it happened not in a lifetime. It happened in a moment. I was watching the, uh, this, uh, that, there was a movie called The Founder, and it's a, a McDonald's story about McDonald's. You've seen that movie? And uh, it's a good movie, but the, the, uh, the McDonald brothers had spent a long time developing the speedy system of making hamburgers. And, uh, and then after they, you know, honed it to perfection, they became famous in like uh, magazines about, you know, and the system became famous. And they, when they interviewed them, they said, yes, we're an overnight success that took three and a half years. And that's the way most people are. You're an overnight success that took 20 years. You're an overnight success. People don't know that it was no bed of roses. People don't know that it wasn't easy for you to become you. It was a whole process, and it might look like you just showed up on the scene, that God just did this in your life, but all of that was happening in secret, and we find out in David's life it was the same thing. When he starts to tell the story, this victory with Goliath happened by himself in his private life. Before, I love this quote from Leonard Ravenhill, before you can be great for God, you must be great with God. Before you'll ever be great for God, you must be great with God. What really defines you is not your public moment, but your private moment. Who you are when no one is around. Who you are when you don't get credit. Who you are when you make the right choice and everybody else is making the wrong choice. That's who you are. The most important, like with David, the most important battles in this life are fought in secret. When you could have made the wrong choice, but you battled and made the right choice. Right? You killed that bear. You killed that lion. Instead of running, you made the choice to do the right thing. Those moments, though your private life will ultimately determine your public life because it's who you are. 
Battles that are won and lost in secret will ultimately define you. Tell somebody you must win the battle in secret. Say it. You must win the battle in secret before you can win the battle in public. You must win the battle in secret. You must win the battle when nobody else is looking. You must win the battle that nobody else knows about, that only you know about. You need to win that battle, and then God will make you a winner in public. So many people are just trying to, I want to be wealthy. I want to have the stuff. I want to do the thing. And if I can get there, I'll be somebody. You got to be somebody before you ever get there. I heard someone say, don't let your talent take you where your character can't keep you. And character is born when you don't need those things to be great, when you don't need applause to be great, when you don't need accolades to be great, when you don't need wealth to be great, when all you are is you and God, that's really all you'll ever be. In secret, the secret of developing a hunger for God in a world that's obsessed with pleasure and distraction. Look, this is, you live in the greatest planet, greatest planet, you do live in the greatest planet, I think. But you definitely live in the greatest country and nation ever known. And there's more wealth, there's more uh, stuff, there's more blessing, there's more air conditioning here than anywhere else. I was a few months without air conditioning, and that's of the devil. <laughs> I, was, I was actually praying in tongues to get the air conditioner back on. I laid hands on my, did I, Paul? I laid hands on my air conditioning unit. I, was, I thought it was demonic. I just, come out in Jesus' name. Heat devil. <laughs> and it was a Christian that fixed it. That's so, hey, maybe it worked. But you live, in, you live in a country where there's options and those options become distractions. So it's one of those countries where people see very little miracles because they don't need very many miracles. And when they do okay, then they, they're like Egypt. When they do okay, then they don't really need God. When they get a little bit of money and they get a little of power and they get a little of comfort and suddenly God is not that important. They only need God when they're desperate. And so in America, the secret of being great for God is being great in your leisure time. And the time that's yours, really, leisure time is what defines you. What you do with the time that you have, not your time you have to go to church or you have to go to cell or you have to be the Christian. But all that other time, that's you. And you go to church to find out how to be that guy. The real, to, to be and not to seem. And it's important. See, real passion like David had, that's not something you can just get at church. You got to get that by yourself. I heard, I heard an a athlete, a, a coach say, I can't, I can't put in what God left out. The preacher can't put in what God left out. What God, God can only give you something in private that you earned, that you won in private. I say earn, I mean you prayed the price for it. At some point, David realized that the only way to release his destiny was to win the battle in secret. You need to realize that today. The only way to win the battle is to win the battle in secret. You've got to become great with God. You've got to stop being two different people. You've got to become that same guy. You've got to be ignited with the fire of God. You are who you are in private. That's who you are. If you're negative, whining, complaining, moaning, you know, groaning, and then come to church, oh, 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 oh really? Now that's who you really are is when you want to talk bad and you, and you do or you don't. 
When you want to talk negative, when you want to complain, and instead of complaining, you say, I don't feel like saying something positive, but I'm going to say, God is with us. God is going to bring us out of this. God's going to turn this around. God's going to do this thing. Those are the moments that make you who you are. I'm screaming, but it's happy screaming. There are defining seasons in your life. This is a defining season in your life. There is a season that defines you. and You can feel that God is moving and God is tugging at you. And you think, well, I'm not, I don't have a position. I don't have, no one notices. Yes, but God is seeing in secret. Everything up to that moment is preparing you for your defining moment. All you go through. All you've going, you're going through is defining you. It's making you ready for that moment. Let me give you three lessons that are only learned in secret before we go. Number one, the lesson of brokenness. David learned the lesson of brokenness, not as the king, but as the youngest of all these brothers that were cool and handsome and strong. And David got, you know, garbage, mow the grass duty. He got to keep he got to do the lowliest job, which was to keep sheep all night long. It's the job nobody wanted. It was the dog shift, and you're watching animals. This is, it doesn't take any intelligence to do it. And even, it, 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 even in that world, it was considered a, a lowly occupation to be a shepherd. And so he finds himself in the sheep really uh, at the lowest rung of society, nothing around him is telling him that he has greatness inside of him, but it was what was inside of him that was telling him he was great. James 4.10 says, humble yourself and he will lift you up. Proverbs 18.12 says, it's the battle of 18.12. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, but before honor is humility. But he gives, James 4, 6, but he gives more and more grace. That's why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty and gives grace continually to the lowly and those who are humble enough to receive it. Humility is demonstrated in submission to authority. So it's easy to say I'm humble, but when somebody tells you something to do that you don't want to do, we're going to find out if you're humble. If you don't recognize those that God put in your life, you're not humble. You still, David is under his father, Jesse, okay? His father's name is Jesse. David is the, is the youngest. He's the baby of the family. And so David finds himself, as you know the story, he finds himself in this lowly position, but he begins to write songs and seek God. But he lives in submission, what is submission? It's when you're willing to make your mission sub somebody else. It's really when you're willing to say, my mission is going to help your mission. God, Jesus said, before I'll give you what's your own, you have to be faithful with what is another man's. And people don't want to do that. They start working for a boss, and they see the boss is driving this car, and, and they start getting resentful. And they say, I'm just going to clock in and clock out. Look, what you do in secret is going to define you publicly. What you do in secret is going to define you publicly. And it's easy. It's, it's easy to just say, I ain't doing it. I ain't going. It, see, those attitudes, you have to learn them in private because that jerking, I ain't going. Ain't nobody going to tell me. Huh? That thing right there is coming out. 
or you're never going to be promoted by God. You might get a promotion, but it's not the promotion that comes from God. You have to recognize God and the people that God puts in your life. If you resent policemen, you've got a serious problem because the Bible says policemen are, are the ministers of God. You see them over there with the, have you ever noticed that you're not mad at police until you're speeding? And suddenly, suddenly you get a big argument, right? And when you're doing wrong, the Bible says, no problem with authorities. But when you're doing right, you get a problem. And you start building a case. Well, that lesson is learned in secret. God can never use the stubborn, the proud, the rebellious person. You get to pass that test in secret. You may fail it, but you get to keep, to take it, keep, keep, you get to keep taking it until you pass. Parents, leaders, pastors, teachers. I have people come, sometimes they ask me as a pastor, you're my pastor, tell me what, to, what should I do? And they like, I say, well, you need to do this. And they're like, thank you. And then they don't do it. I'm like, well, I just wasted my time because you don't really under, understand that God puts people in your life not to control you. They put people in your life to bless you. And you got to listen. And you might know more than they know. And you might have these thoughts. You got to understand there that, See, David understands the flow is downhill. You've got to find your place and say, I'm right here. God, promotion doesn't come from me. Promotion comes from God. Now, I didn't set this up. This is how God set it up. The anointing that pours over, pours over Jesus, it flows downhill. You can't be like Satan and say, I'm as good as God. Oh, wow, oh. Well, guess what? You'll never be you. Being you is to find your place and say, look, tell me what to do. Jesus should have been served but made himself a servant. This is the attitude of humility of a servant to say, look, tell me what to do. That's, that, that's how the anointing comes upon your life. That's how unity happens in a family, in a home, in the kingdom. That's how, it, look, he learns it. The Bible says, then Samuel took the horn. This is 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Everybody say the spirit rushed upon David. Don't you love that? David is like a nobody and suddenly it's time to anoint a new king and we find out that God was watching all the time. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking someone's heart who is completely his, that he might show him strong, himself strong on their behalf. God, you think he's not looking, but he's looking. God is going to promote the unlikely, the unsuspected person with no one thought that woman, no one thought that man, no one thought that girl, no one thought that God could use them. Then out of nowhere we find out God was looking all the time. It wasn't man versus man. It wasn't talent versus talent. It happened to do that, that this promotion came from God. And so does yours. Now listen. The prophet comes to Jesse's house and says, show me your son, the oldest son. The prophet said, surely this guy, look at him. He's handsome. He's strong. He's a, he's a man's man. God said, that's not him. Stop looking on the outside because God doesn't look on the outside. God looks at a man's heart. You don't have to look like a winner to be a winner. What makes you a winner is what's inside your heart. Now, all the sons passed by, all the sons, all these sons, and the prophet said, not him, not him. And then Jesse said, that's it. And the prophet said, you sure you don't have somebody else? He said, well, I got the." punk teenager kid out there 
He said, bring him in here. And the Bible said he had beautiful eyes. And he was handsome. And he had red, like red cheeks. He was ruddy. And the prophet said, that's the guy. He doesn't look like the guy. See, that's talking about you. You might not look like the girl. You might not have the talent. You might not be recognized, but you are the man. God looked at him and said, no, that, it's not them, it's him. And they anointed him. That's when God, that was the moment the Bible says that God put super on his natural. Now, all the things that David did, all the years from that point on, it, it kind of rushes through. But before David faces Goliath, we start seeing what it looks like to have some super on your natural. Nobody chases down a lion. Come on, somebody. No, a lion chases people. People don't chase lions. And a lion, if they took a small sheep, you know, and were running off, y'all be saying like, uh, bon appetit. I'd be like, that one's gone, man. I'll have to make some noise, scare him off. Uh, But David said, I ran him down and I took the sheep. You don't take a sheep out of a lion's mouth. If you're in Springfield, no, I won't even talk about it. I don't have time. But there are certain things you don't do when, you know, you won't even take food out of your own dog's bowl because your own dog will bite you. Am I right? He'll be like, don't do it. I love you but it's going to be trouble. Now, he said, I went and got a hungry lion. I went and took the sheep out of his mouth alive. He said, then when he turned on me, like like it was something, when he turned on me, I grabbed him by the beard and smote him with my hands. W-W-F. Now, now listen, when you read it, it comes, it flows off the tongue so easily. But you don't uh, go around punching out lions. Go to the zoo. Check it out. You run from lions. But he said, I punched them out. He said, I know what it's like when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I'm not afraid of Goliath because I've found in the secret they're super on my natural. Am I right? You don't pull on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger and you don't mess around with a lion. And if a lion wasn't bad enough, there was a, he said, then a bear came. I, bears freak me out a little bit. They're like giant dogs, only wild. And he said, a bear came. If a bears chase people, people don't chase bears. And the bear came, he said, I ran him down. Something got on me and I ran him down. All of this happens in the secret. It's starting to become evidence about who he is. He said, I might look like an ordinary teenager, but I'm a devil chasing, lion chasing, bear killing man of God. He said, I took that bear and when he turned on me, I smote him too. I'm bad to the bone. I'm, I'm Lambo. Like Rambo with the lamb. See, the secret places where God shows how strong he is and those battles that nobody knew about, God said, now that's the kind of man I'm looking for. That's the kind of woman I'm looking for. She won't quit. She won't give up. She won't give in. She won't feel sorry for herself. She just rises up and attacks. He won in secret. He said, so this Goliath thing, nothing for me. God is preparing you to become you. God is preparing you to become you. Now, here's, here's my point in all that. 
I know I'm running out of time, but it's raining. That's God saying you can't go anywhere. My point is, here's David. He knows he's got super on his natural. He knows he, he can kill lions and bears. He knows how it is when he gets that God on him and he, he's not scared of anything. He's got courage. And now his dad leaves him out there with the sheep and now the assignment is to deliver food to the brothers who are the real warriors. Now listen, put that together in your mind and you'll find out that's humility to say, I got it and nobody knows it. I got it and nobody can tell. You know what? God can tell. And when your time comes, you're going to be ready. When the moment that defines you comes, and it's soon, you're going to be ready. Let me go through the other two, and I'm not going to preach them. We're just going to hit them, and then we're going to pray. The lesson of holiness. The lesson of holiness is learned in secret. There is no substitute for personal passion. Passion is the result of the pursuit of God. Passion separates you from the ordinary and makes you extraordinary. Anybody can go through the motion. But this passion for God is developed in the use of your free time. When my, in, the, in the me time, we're going to find out, is it video games, TVs, the saints, hunting, fishing, whatever, shopping? Or is it, you know what, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to give it to God because I've just been waiting to get along with God. Have you ever heard, have you ever felt like that? I just want to get along with God. I'm so busy. i got so much going on. If I could just get some time with God. You have time, but you're using it on other things. It is your leisure time that defines you. It's the time that's the me time that tells God who you really are. I, I, my wife, it's her birthday. Someone let us use their beach house this week, so we were there, and she was seeking God, telling me God was speaking to her and it was so wonderful. And I said, great, I need a break too. Can I come over? So I went over on Wednesday early and I was expecting like a hangout romantic time, typical man. And so when I got there, it was not long before she said, this ain't gonna work. And I said, so you want me to go home? She said, it's my birthday. <laughs> and so I packed up my stuff from the beach and went home. I know God's going to pay me back. I did the right thing. <laughs> I always said that to say, you know, she had been working and with the kids and always doing something. And she said, you know what? If I've got this time, I want to be with just with being God. And of course, I didn't like it because I wanted it to be romantic. Let's hang out time. That's what the beach says to me. But she said, no, I, I love you. I really do. If I wanted anybody here, it would be you. But... <laughs> and so I packed my stuff up, went down to the car. And even today, I'm getting credit for it. I'm bragging about it a little bit right now. <laughs> God who sees in secret will reward me openly. But my wife, I tell you what, man, it, it inspired me. It changed me. Because I came home and thought, you know, what you going to do with your time? Now you got some time. I said, I better crack that Bible open. Because I don't want her getting all the heard from God words and all the, I don't, I don't want to fall behind. So I spent the rest of the day when I got home, like, I'm going to seek God too. God who sees in secret reward you openly. Holiness is the use of your leisure time. A time of embracing your calling and your purpose. Now let me finish this. Number three, 
the lesson of fearlessness. The lesson of fearlessness. David learns the lesson of fear. Intimidation is of the enemy. When you are intimidated and fearful in life, it is not the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's the influence of the enemy. Only God can remove intimidation and anoint you and make you great. Courage is the mark of secret conquest. You know, sometimes we're in Baton Rouge and at the, we'll be launching the church on the end, in the end of September. On the 30th anniversary of this church, we'll be launching the church in Baton Rouge. So I want you all to be there. I'll let you know more about it. But when I've been over the last uh, year or so, sometimes we go out and play on the street, you know, play music on the street. And, of course, all the creatures of the street come out, you know. They're dancing and they're drunk and all that. And, uh, and it can be intimidating. But when you win in secret, all that stuff goes away. It becomes an opportunity. So I love being out around those people, but you don't get that with a personality. You don't get it with music. You get that by being with God, and God takes that timidity and that fearfulness and that I don't know if I can talk to anybody, and it becomes boldness, and it becomes courage. And you're like, hey, no, 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 let me go. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Real Christians, I don't mean it to be ex exclusive, but when you have time with God, you find out the victory is with God. Your insecurity is the mark of a failure to be with God. You got to kill the lion and the bear. So you can kill Goliath one day. Now today, what am I saying? This is, God always gives you new beginnings and this is a new beginning for you. God is teaching you lessons. Are you going to learn that lesson? It's going to one day define you. Come on, don't bow your head with me, and we're going to pray. The lesson of humility. The lesson of brokenness. The lesson of holiness. The lesson of fearlessness. It all comes down to a quality decision for freedom. Tonight or this morning, there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost for you to draw a line in the dirt and say, God doesn't just have part of me. He has all of me. He doesn't have part of my time. He has all my time. I don't compartmentalize my life. I'm dedicating my life. That means all my time, my free time. I, de I dedicate myself. I lay down my life. You'll never have all of God until you give God all of you. And you just got to sell out, man. You got to be passionate. You got to be all in. You got to say, I'm all in. I'm going to get up in the morning and turn on worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen to the word of God on the way to work. And when I get there, I'm going to influence people all day. I'm not going to struggle. I'm going to conquer. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to conquer. I'm not going to be influenced. I'm going to be the influencer because there's a great influencer inside of me. And every moment, all my time, all my life, it all belongs to this one great Savior. Come on. Why don't you stand up? Everyone just stand up with me. Today is a day. I want you to be free. For captives to be free, like Pastor Evan said, 
You got to be free from those things that are really stealing from you. And t- today, it's not, what's stealing from you is, is not really big things. Most people, it's little things that you won't deal with. It's little habits that you won't deal with. It's things that you say you're going to do, but you never do. It's things that you say you want to do, but you don't do. And, and, you, and you become an expert in making excuses, and you keep pushing it off. And here's, what, here's all I'm saying today is would you give everything to Jesus? Would you let this be the season that defines your life? Would you let this be the the weeks and the months? Would you let that change happen inside of you? If you want that, would you don't mind just lifting your hands? This is like a little kid reaching up to daddy. Just lift up your hands. And this is, you're gonna just make an offering today. You're gonna say, Lord, my life is an offering. Come on, say it with me. Say, Lord, my life is an offering. Jesus, I surrender. Nobody's forcing me. Nobody's making me. It's not guilt. It's not shame. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to be who you want me to be. More than I want to live. I don't want to be a success according to the world. I want to be a success according to you. Come on with your hands lifted. Say, Lord, I know I can't change myself. I admit it. I've tried. But I know you can. Come on, pray it with me. So holding nothing back, I give you my secret time. I give you my private time. I give you my me time. I make myself a living sacrifice. Take my life. I want you to just make this an altar before the Lord right now because God by his Holy Spirit can rush upon you and everything can change in a moment. God is going to ignite that old flame that's just been flickering, that old passion that's just been flickering that you've allowed to be all wet down and all discouraged. This is your season of preparation. Come on, preach it with me. Say, this is my season of preparation. Come on, say it again. This is my season of preparation. Everything I passed through has been preparing me for now. Come on, preach it. I'm not too old. It's not too late. Too much hasn't happened. I declare and I decree this is my moment. This is my season. All that I've learned, all that I've been through is preparing me for this moment. Come on, one more time. Just lift your hands because I want you now to just receive. You're going to get the, you're going to get the blessing according to what you have given. So those you have given a great offering and said, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I'm not making excuses. I'm not holding back. I'm not pulling punches. I'm giving everything. I'm giving everything. I'm giving everything. I'm giving everything. Jesus. Right now, right now, the Lord is taking that fear from your life. The fear of failure, God has taken it from your life. 
self-pity. Poor me. God's taken that away from you. God's taken that mentality away from you. God is removing the scars of the past right now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Just, just let it go. If that's you, just let it go. I saw someone, as you're struggling, there's a heart issue that you're having, a physical heart issue that you're having, but the Holy Spirit said it's because I'm doing something in your heart, and you've been holding on to too much, and you've been controlling too much. Now the Lord says, release it to me, and healing comes to you. Come on. All the stress leaves your life. All the pressure leaves your life right now. Come on, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. There's a release of healing in this place today. Come on, marriages, you need to invite God back into the middle. You've lived, you've lived God. God's everywhere else, but he's not in your marriage. And you don't pray together. It feels awkward and it feels weird. Today, you're just going to make a dedication. Come on, grab the hand of your wife and say, we, our time belongs to Jesus. Our marriage belongs to Jesus. Our private life belongs to Jesus. All of our lives belong, all our leisure time belongs to Jesus. Come on, with your hands lifted. Right now, I saw confusion leaving someone's life. You've been confused back and forth. You're not sure if this God thing is what you want. You're not sure if, if you want to just go back to the world. And the Lord is saying, stop going between two things and make a choice. Because when you choose the favor of God, the blessing of God, God is going to rush upon your life. Come on. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We release... We release, we release everything that's been happening is preparing you. Everything you go, I saw in my spirit someone that went through a trauma and then he thought he had recovered and then another trauma came and it's been, because of that second trauma, it has marked, there's a mark. Now the Lord said, give me that because I'm going to restore your courage. Come on, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Don't be afraid. This is a season of great victory for you. This is a season of great victory for you. This is a season of great victory for you. I saw over in the young, young people, I saw that someone was so disappointed in a relationship. You thought, this is it, this is it, this is it. And so disappointed that you're just kind of... It, it, it became bigger than it should have become. And you started being wondering if God, you thought God spoke to you. And it's kind of left a scar of disappointment over this relationship. The Lord said, lift up your eyes. I have someone better for you. I prepared something better. I've been preparing you. Just lift up your hands. Disappointment leaves your life today. Come on. Hope comes back into your life. Hope comes back into your life. Wonderful Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for your people today. We bless them with peace. We bless them with anointing. Lord, we bless them with the smile on your face, with the glory from your face. Lord, let this, we declare over them, this is the season of change. This is the season of restoration. This is the season of renewal. This is the season of supernatural energy. This is the supernatural, uh, uh, this is the season of supernatural encouragement. Things that were not possible is possible. The Lord is about to put helium in that balloon. It wouldn't float before, but it's about to float. The things that just wouldn't go, things that you just couldn't do, it's about, the Lord is about to 
cause that to, to rise again in your life. Come on, don't miss it. Come on, just lift your hands and you are receiving that grace. We, we, we bless your people today with grace. We bless your people today with strength. We bless them with faith because great things are coming. And Father, we declare over them that revival visits their home. It visits their children. It visits their finances. It visits their marriage. We, revival, we, we declare that the, the hand of God and the breath of God is breathing on your church and it's causing them to rise up with passion, rise up with courage, rise up in victory. We declare that it comes up on every area of their life. We bless them today. Let them be lights in the world. Let them be glory to you wherever they go. We pray that your hand will be upon everything they put their hand upon today. Lord, let every moment and every, every minute of their day, every moment of their life be a moment that you're preparing them to become who you made them. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, come on, give the Lord a great shout, everybody. Woo! Well, God bless you. Hug somebody on your way out.